1836, a story written by H.P. Lovecraft titled A Shadow Out of Time was published in an issue of the science fiction magazine Astounding Stories. The story described a race of extraterrestrial beings who tasked themselves with exploring all of history by projecting their conscious minds into both the past and the future. A very similar task was alleged to have been one of the objectives of a secret military project based out of southeastern New York. Besides time travel, experiments in mind control and interplanetary travel were also claimed to have been accomplished within the underground facilities of the now defunct Air Force Base. Testimonies of those who claim to have been subjects of these bizarre experiments say they were brainwashed or had their memories altered in order to maintain the secrecy of the project. This case file joined the theorists as they slip and slide through time and space within the underground base of the Montauk Project. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 196, The Montauk Project. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Woo! Oh, shit. Uh, the Fun boys one. are back. I can't believe how close we are to 200. Yeah, wait, wait, we're not, we're not far away, a month away. From the big milestone that oh, we're going to let everyone down on, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> big old just, 200 where there's going to be absolutely nothing special about it. <laughs> nothing special about it. Just like one hundy. Yeah. It's going to be one of those <laughs> shitty clip shows that, you you know, whenever your favorite sitcom comes on, you're all excited and it's just clips. Yeah. What the fuck is Except this? they're going to be all really boring clips. Like <laughs> really mundane stuff. Like, hi, I'm Brayden. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just going to be interests. the, it's going to be friggin' two hours of us going did it check check did it <laughs> check check because <laughs> all those clips that zell has saved yeah all the um, all the outtakes all the recording that's, that's the, recording 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 well, <laughs> just all the chewing and uh loud breathing that's what's good <laughs> mm. oh. give the people what they Every, want <laughs> everything that was left on the cutting room floor is going to be on display um today we're talking about the montauk project uh interesting i did I want to say I knew, but I didn't really know that this is what, um, what's the fucking show with the stranger kids? things, stranger things. things is based off of. That's all yes. I, that's all I watched for research. But I honestly, I didn't know that, but now that I've, now that I've known that and looked into, um, the Montauk project, I go, okay, well, it kind of makes sense in some portions of it. I mean, there's not a lot of orgasmic regression therapy in <laughs> Stranger Things, but <laughs> we'll get well, to I that would fucking later hope not. on in the show. We'll get to that, yeah. Too many kids in that show. That would be awkward as fuck. Oh, thank you. All right. So what what is Project Montauk? Where did this begin? The Montauk Project? Yeah, well, it's potato, we, potato. We've been going back and forth so, on the title. <laughs> um. So you have a a couple of different timelines to take into consideration when you talk about the Montauk project. Um, if you talk about well, the 
Dan, we're just asking him on talk about it, buddy. Be yeah. honest. Give it to yeah. us, okay? You've been sitting on that one all day. Uh, if you want to go with the uh, the prime narrative, uh, then this started uh, the prime Montauk project narrative. Then you would say that this started back um, during the days of the Philadelphia experiment. If you want to go with the um, when did the Montauk project like the the story first break or did when it first entered into the uh, the conspiracy world, you probably uh, have to go with the date of the self-published book uh, by Preston B. Nichols titled The Montauk Project Experiments in Time, which was in 1992. That's is that fucking Lucifer on the cover of it? The, the horse? Yeah, is that Lucifer? Like that fucker that's hanging out in front of Denver International no, Airport? It's funny because I thought mm. the same thing. Looks just like him. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't check. That would be, dude, listen, that would be putting fucking. If, if, if it, if it is, all if it is indeed Lucifer, then we got ourselves a real damn conspiracy here. Damn Skippy. <laughs> but if it's not, you're in for a disappointment. <laughs> no, it's got, it's good. Dude, it's fun. It's Lucifer. It's got to be Lucifer. So the Montauk project is named so for the location which a, a majority of the conspiracy takes place, which would be Montauk, New York. It also concerns the locations Camp Hero and Montauk Air Force uh, Air Force Station, which are real places um, and do exist. And I think at least you can actually go there and you actually visit these these sites and these facilities. Well, now, it's a national park now, isn't it? I believe or so. Yeah, you can. St- I think it's open like for tours. Like you can actually go there and go to some of these places that are, uh, you know, some some sort of you know, uh, like they're they're source of revenue at this point. Well, you know, the tourist Force, attractions. The Air Force base is 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 shut down and decommissioned, and it you cannot go there. You know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but some you know kids and stuff break in, but there is still like active security detail guarding the space for a decommissioned air force base yeah mm. what's inside I wonder what they're hiding this place <laughs> actually does have a little bit of interesting history too like it was initially inhabited by an algonquin tribe that was said to have some type of special task of guarding uh turtle cove and this turtle cove was supposed supposedly supposed to be this vortex of interdimensional energy dope and that's the exact mm. same site that it was built Camp on Hero and later Montauk was built on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the primary source for the information regarding uh, the Montauk project is going to come from the author of the actual book, Preston B. Nichols. Now, Nichols says that he wrote this actual this wrote this book after he had recovered memories from his time as a researcher on the project, which would later uh, he refers to as Project Montauk. But in his book, he says that, you know, technically it was titled both like Phoenix Project Phoenix 2 and Project Phoenix 3. I think right. it was those the did, two projects. Those that names he didn't on. test well or what? What happened to, <laughs> what happened to Phoenix 1? Well, Phoenix One technically was supposed to be um, in his book. He says that that was originally a, uh, I think that was the project by, that concerned like um, uh, Von Neumann, the mathematician who worked on the Manhattan Project, had something oh. to do with weather control. 
Cool. Um, that's not an actual like Von Neumann originally the mathematician was uh, had been involved actually in uh, developing like weather prediction technology. Uh, that was one of the one of the things that he's famous for. Uh, but uh, the Project Phoenix thing, trying to look it up, like it's not it's not on a list of declassified military projects or anything. But he's saying that that was one like the the try the development of a weather control device uh, was Project Phoenix one, and then Phoenix two was actually an extension of the philadelphia experiment right so the philadelphia experiment which we talked on an earlier case file yeah is a legend project rainbow oh also called project rainbow right yeah yeah right so you had um this was alleged to be the uh the essentially the teleportation or or an exercise in teleportation technology where they uh teleported the the eldridge uss eldridge uh and its crew and its crew. Well, uh, maybe parts of them, actually. <laughs> parts of the crew. <laughs> uh, it, it was an experiment in uh, electromagnetic, uh, 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 manipulating electromagnetic spectrum and allowing either, uh, there are uh, probably differing reports about whether it was actually teleportation te- uh, teleportation, or it was actually um, like a uh, like bending light, so like an active camouflage type of experiment. But uh, the... The Montauk Project uh, or Project Phoenix Two, the beginning of it, was said to have been the uh, the continuation of that research of about that tech, electromagnetic yeah. and and radio waves. So, and how to apply them. Now, Nichols says that he had originally no knowledge whatsoever before the writing of the book. Before he had recovered these memories, he had no knowledge of working on this. Uh, on this project, uh, he said that he at, at some point he was employed by uh, like a, a contractor company, uh, which he doesn't name in the book or he keeps it, um, you know, he, he gives it a false name or he gives it like a pseudonym in order to, you know, avoid any type of uh, conflict or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and he says that he was working uh, on a grant, which he had been given to study med- mental telepathy and determine whether or not it actually existed. And he says that he originally, his his goal was to disprove it, that it didn't exist. But then he found out, uh, you know, to his to surprise, it actually did exist. And that it operated on principles that were uh, surprisingly similar to radio waves. So he is a um, his his area of expertise. Apparently, he's like he has worked on uh, radio technology, like radio transmission technology and radar technology. That's his area of expertise, or yeah. that that's what he worked on. So this kind of fell into his purview, and he felt like you know uh, he needed to explore this more. Uh, so he was working with a group of like telepaths, psych- like psychics, yeah psychics he doesn't really say where he found them or where he sourced these telepaths from or how many the back of he, a comic book in the yeah yeah somewhere okay. he got these telepaths and he but he noticed uh or he had enough to notice uh in 1974 a strange phenomenon where all of the psychics that he worked with every day at the same time their abilities their, their minds would be clouded or jammed and they couldn't actually think 
effectively. They kind of lose their abilities for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. He, the next thing that happens here is straight out of a fucking Steven Spielberg movie. He's like, well, we got to get to the source of this. He fucking hooks some antennas up to his car. He's got his radio tuned into the frequency and he's driving around, like picking up the like a couple rabbit ears trying to find the source of the, of, you know, uh, whatever this frequency is that's jamming their psychic abilities. So he's driving all over the place, essentially like narrowing it down, you know, with some homemade like antennas on his car and rabbit ears. And he's holding one out the window at, right <laughs> and scanning, trying to, trying to find this. Like it, it's, it's straight. I can picture this in a movie. Yeah. Right. And he, uh, you know, he found out that it had been, uh, or he identified that whenever it was this 400 to 10 to 420 megahertz cycle appeared in the air, this is when the psychics and their abilities were uh, jammed, hindered, jammed, and they couldn't really under you know couldn't really think. They couldn't do their their psychic um, their psychic abilities when express themselves. And uh, but so like his research, he felt like didn't really get anywhere until 1984. So 10 years after this fact, he finds out, uh, from a friend that the Montauk antenna where the Montauk original, like Montauk radar base was, he finds out that the place has been abandoned. No. And then he went on a kind of to go explore that base. So, so, and sorry, Dan, just to interject. So he like in, is driving his car and he first realizes that like, it's the base giving off this frequency. So he kind of knew that this was the location. It wasn't until this friend lets him know like, hey, you know, it is abandoned. We could go there. Now, the one of the funny things that I found looking into this, which like honestly builds the builds the intrigue of this case to me, is that the Montauk and like this, this specific kind of radio tower, there was 30 built in the U.S. around World War II and during the Cold War, and they were to, you know, uh, you know, supposedly to look at um, incoming Russian ships or Russian, like, you know, look for Nazi subs. There was a whole bunch of uh, things they were used for. And there was only 30. Of those 30, every single one was decommissioned and every single one was destroyed, like taken down, demolished, except one. And that's the Montauk antenna. Ooh, is the only one of the Get out of town. Get out of town. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I thought Just that was a little, a little interesting. Mystique. Yeah. A little interesting tidbit of like, well, you're going to decommission all of these things and you're going to destroy, like demolish 29. Why, why are you leaving one up? So anyways, Dan, you were saying, so. Well, he, I, he, I also wanted to ask too, like, so that frequency of 410 to 420 megahertz. I try to look up if if that's for anything. The only thing I could find with that was like a NASA document saying a review of current limits on use of 410 to 420 megahertz for space research services. So not so much in a FM band, like a radio band. It's like it seems to be a space band, which I thought might have been interesting. So someone's, if someone's like a radio operator and I just said something stupid, make sure to let us know. Yeah. I, just thought, I, just, I just thought, like, it, why 410 to 420, that specific frequency? Is it something that, like, affects, like, the mind or something? I couldn't really find anything on it. So if you know, let us know. Yeah, that's that's what Nichols seems to imply, is that this is the this is the optimal frequency for 
human thought or to f- influence or interfere with human thought is this this bandwidth. Uh, he gets his opportunity to explore the base after it's been abandoned. Uh, he says that he encounters a homeless man on the property uh, who had been living there since the base had been abandoned uh, and kind of told him, like, you know, they they left in a bit of a hurry. hurry. Um, there was still, according to Nichols, uh, there was still equipment left in the in the facility that normally should have been he would have thought would have been taken looked expensive or things like this he managed to get uh he managed to contact the people who it, it would concern if people were removing equipment they said he could take it so he ended up getting all these equipment recovering a lot of equipment that he said he had worked with um or that was actually left behind uh during the military's event you know when they left the facility itself. And so after that, again, Nichols has no real idea that he apparently has been working at this bar, you know, that he has any real personal involvement with this until he gets a visitor that comes to his um, backyard laboratory that he's been operating uh, his psychic experiments out of. And uh, he claims that Nichols had been his boss, his supervisor, at the, at, at the project. At, at the, that project. Oh. At that facility. Wow. <laughs> and Nichols has no recollection of this. He has Zero. no recollection of this. So he doesn't, at first he doesn't really believe the person. Uh, he doesn't really kind of puts it, he's like, I don't, I don't remember working there. I'm not sure. He, it, But it does put the, the, the idea in his mind, according to him. Uh, later on, he continues his research and he meets a man named Duncan Cameron, who comes and beca- and starts to work with Nichols on his psychic research. Uh, Nichols uh, considered uh, when he first met him, uh, you know, in their conversations, uh, he felt that uh, Duncan had a very high aptitude and a very um, a very ve- seemed to have a very vested interest in the research. So uh, he kind of took him on as his like primary assistant. And then so they worked together for some time. And at one I imagine point, being a-, a psychic's assistant much is very much the same as being a, a magician's assistant. <laughs> hey, well, some, well, like he's not as uh Nichols never claims being to be a psychic. He never explain. He never really claims to have any type of psychic powers or anything like that. Um, Just a researcher. He, yeah, he he takes Duncan with him when they to go visit. You know, to make another visit to Montauk Air Force Base. And a strange thing happens is that Duncan seems claims to recognize a lot of the buildings. He seems to be able to name the buildings. He he. He seems to recall their exact functions. He like doesn't know why. Through he, hallways, pointing out things before they get to them, like eerie, eerie stuff. Like predictive deja vu. Like he's getting these yeah. thoughts. He's like, "Yeah, I've been here before. That's what this does. That's what if this is." If we walk is. around this corner, there's going to be a bulletin board. This is where the staff would put up their memos and stuff for the day in the lunchroom. And around the corner, they go, and there's exactly what he's saying. So, I, and Nichols finds this very disturbing. Uh, finding that Duncan has these seems to be like repressed memories or stuff like this. He takes Duncan uh, to, I believe like a hypnotist. He has him hypnotized, you know, does regressive uh, hypnotherapy on Duncan. Duncan recovers memories that he apparently had been programmed, brainwashed into, uh, 
into an operation where he was supposed to or had been ordered or programmed to kill Nichols, to befriend Nichols and then kill him. Straight up assassin. A straight up assassin. A programmed MKUltra assassin. Yeah, that's uh, some MKUltra shit. 100%. Wow. I mean, it's a little bit more Project Artichoke, but yeah. Okay. Look at this guy. I'm so proud of my boy here. He's come so far. Loves it all. Now you have uh, you have him ha- having this dropped on this bomb is dropped on uh, Nichols and he is uh, obviously disturbed about the information that he's learning. Obviously, something is going on. He starts himself beginning to kind of understand that perhaps something has been going on. What he thinks is real is perhaps not so real. Did he, he starts- ever think about maybe sitting in the fucking chair and get hypnotized too? I, I think he began to get uh, hypnotherapy as well. He began okay. to kind of put himself under these trances and, and try to recover information that was perhaps locked away in his memory. But he didn't really have a major breakthrough until 1990. Now, he had been constructing what he describes as a Delta T antenna on the roof of his laboratory. Now, a Delta T antenna apparently is some type of... Uh, it's... Um, that's the one that gets you all the sports channels, gets you porn. Gets you everything. <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. you everything, everything you want. Uh, according to him, it's some type. It's some type of like. Uh, it's for capturing like temporal wave, temporal waves, or something like that. Uh, and he said that he was on his roof soldering uh, the loops of the antenna together uh, into relay boxes, and then when he held some wires together to solder, and this is according to him. This is his account. Um, the time functions of the Delta T antenna caused his mind to shift. And the more that he soldered, the more that he became aware that his memories had been oppressed. And then when interacting with the antenna on subsequent days, his entire memory opened and he figured his theory is that the Delta T antenna was storing up time flex waves. Great flux Scott. Waves, <laughs> and, and then he was, as he was connecting it, you know, as he was connecting it. to function. So, so basically whatever he was working on to capture these waves as he was working on it and he was so close to it, touching it, he was, he was making connection and it was essentially like opening up whatever blockages he had. Because some weird shit has been happening to him up to this point, right? Right. Running. According so now it's all of a sudden it's just like boom. He now remembers everything. Now are we are we thinking like possibly he was like fucking brainwashed? Or are we thinking maybe these are repressed memories? Like are we? I think brain some type of like he's been reprogrammed through like something. Like has been his brain well, waves have been his brain functions that, have been rewired. That depends. But what happens? That depends what you believe they were doing at the Montauk Air Force Base, mm. right? Because if, uh, you know, we're going to talk about these things other, but like Andrew kind of mentioned it already with the Turtle Bay and stuff. If they're doing dimensional stuff, maybe these aren't his memories from this timeline, but maybe if they were opening dimensional rifts and stuff, this is, a, he's, they're he's thinning the veil in that area and maybe he's tapping into a uh, memories of an alternate version of him at this base. He's receiving right? some residual memories through like right some- exactly where it's like you have two people like two of the same existing for a brief in a, at a brief moment in the same dimension and it just kind of 
fucks up everyone. Everyone involved kind of gets a little fucked. I think we're getting our, I think we're getting Braden's younger Dryas. <laughs> thin, I think it's a thin, thin in the veil. Thin veil. <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously, I think this is Braden's younger Dryas. It's it's coming out. I now. like it. I love thin in the veil. Braden's theory for everything. Yeah. But also though, like what I'm, what I was bringing up repressed memories. I'm like, I'm wondering if potentially something traumatic enough happened to all the people that were there that participated, mm. participated. And we know that traumatic events can result in memory loss and. Yeah. You know what I mean? Repressing the repressing of memories. That's a good point, actually. So what he ended up doing is recovering all of these memories. And then from these memories, he learned Get your ass to Mars. (laughs) That's what happens to me. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yes, Mars is one of the locations that is is, uh, involved in this. Uh, He remembers that he was like the principal radio technician, radar technician uh, at Camp Hero at at Montauk Air Force Base when it was fully functional, saying that there was uh, he was the one that was uh, there observing experiments and secret military secret projects that had been going on for since at least like the 1970s. Like he had been working at this place and he had apparently been living either a double life or according to him, perhaps he had been living on two different time tracks. Like Brayden said that he was All perhaps right. an, that mm. is his other time self and but he had had all the memories of his time working with the project had either been wiped or uh, blocked somehow and then now he has recovered all these memories and he began to remember clearly about what his participation was in some of these projects and what experiments they had been doing at Montauk Air Force Base. Now, this like this this portion of this case really um if you've seen the movie um is it us? That's the movie with the tethers? Anyone any none of you guys seen that not, movie? Not ringing. No. No. So so basically what happens is is there's another version of you that's tethered to you and while you, when you do your thing it's doing its thing like it's move you you guys are sharing movements and stuff but in kind of a different timeline let's say and if that's the case like if if there's a thinning of a veil here uh it's copyrighted uh <laughs> in this area and let's say like because you know at he starts to have memories that he was some sort of like executive director of the space and he's walking through and he and he says that like you know, sometimes when he's walking through the base, he would walk through with like a gut feeling of like where he's going and stuff. And I wonder if it's because some of the experiments that have happened there have either, you know, I don't want to keep saying thinning the veil, but like push <laughs> dimensions together in one place. So even though, you know, like maybe he's walking through the hallways, but he's also at the same time in another dimension walking through those exact same hallways at the same time as this executive director of this project. And it, whether or not it's in our dimension, they've done these experiments or another, it's it's fucked shit up around this Air Force base. So are you saying it's like that episode of Rick and Morty where like they have like four different versions yeah, of them split, going on the same? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. There's, there's only supposed to be two dots. One dot, Morty. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, one, the right? one issue with that is that he does, like, he remembers, like, some of his memories concern him 
moving equipment. Uh, one of these that he mentions in the book that at, there was at one point that he remembers like he would have like injuries or he would have scratches and things on his hands uh, that he didn't remember getting. But when he got his memories back, he said that he now remembered that he would he would be tasked with moving equipment or sensitive equipment from some areas that other people weren't able to carry. Like he, it was his task to do it because if other people went into these areas and moved these equipment for whatever their function was, uh, he doesn't go into specifics, but they would they would make him they would make other people go wacky. That's his okay. words. All right. Oh, well, if you okay. subscribe to the like um, some sort of multiverse theory, you could extrapolate that that's that like if there's a version of him that's the the in charge of the space, there's a version of him that's the janitor of the space. You know what I mean? So like mm, if I you're see. stacking infinite versions, so maybe he he's getting all this lost. He's just getting some of the feedback from all these other versions of himself playing out. Again, every version of his memory. Exactly. So he was one, uh, according to him, he was one of the executive, again, he was one of the executive directors. He was one of the people who was directly involved or uh, a specialty, a specialist technician uh, that he interacted with a lot of technology that was uh, being experimented with on that base. One of the experiments that they did was they would experiment with certain pulse modulations of like radio waves, electromagnetic radiation and things like this. And the scientists became aware uh, through their research that different pulses and functions would actually respond to patterns from certain individuals like they could set these modulations and timings and that would allow them to uh, place certain thought patterns into another person's mind through that indirectly it kind of makes sense like if you think about like humans as like a like brain waves everything's operating at frequency so if you could find like the frequency of whatever and you could ins you somehow get that in someone's mind and make it you know, make trick your mind into that frequency. You could make someone think whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and in theory, like, according to Nichols, it was utilized or experimented <laughs> with, saying that these they could. Uh, he claims that they could change the moods of people. They could uh, increase the crime rate in some areas that were close to the base. Um, they could make people a bit more agitated than normal, and even animals could be affected. And to uh, you know, they would be programmed to enact strange behaviors well, i heard uh, they had a, like a huge problem with deer running into like the fucking front windows and sides of the building yeah it's creepy but i mean i mean like that's this this shit with like frequencies isn't unheard of it's not unheard of like i remember reading like hearing stuff about like you know areas where there's like high levels of suicide rates that like the earth in some of these places just it's emits like infrasound higher. yeah like, like infrasound. just yeah. fucked up frequencies so i'm like when I'm looking at this, I go like, okay, well, now they're testing with frequencies and they're altering people's moods. I'm like, well, we already know that there's areas that that happens. It, it does happen. So it's that they're testing this and they're finding out that it works doesn't surprise me in the slightest, right? But my thing is, it's how far did they get with this research? What yeah. were they, what did they unlock? What were they capable of doing? Exactly. We have like, there's a field of study in sounds like called auditory beat stimulation. And that's exactly what it is. They, can will play frequencies usually unaud like inaudible like you can't actually hear them, 
but they're like, you're absorbing them and it actually will change your mood, make you angry, make you sad. Like, so they can do this. I don't, but to what extent, like, like, it, like obviously like military and stuff is always well, well ahead of, you know, it's a, like Kingsman. They did that <laughs> in Kingsman with those fucking phones, right? Yeah. yeah. So like you, you can, like you can change like the stimulation of the brain. You can change it with sound to change mood. I mean, it, everyone experiences this on a day-to-day basis when you listen to music. If you listen, you can listen to like a sad song. It's going to make you feel sad. This is like, it's the frequencies of what you're absorbing. And th- but those well, are it's even certain, like certain decibel levels <clears throat> of music. Like they say that anything was it anything above 60 decibels. Like that's why most bars and places like clubs will play music at a certain volume because it actually motivates you to drink more. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's actually a thing. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of like a lot of science behind sound. Like obviously we, with, with this type of research, you can't really make people as far as we know, kill someone or like going on rampage, but you can definitely change mood with sound. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so now uh, he begins to actually learn that Duncan, uh, the one who is actually sent to kill him, had a bit more involvement with the Montag project than actually just being some brainwashed assassin. And uh, I don't know if we want to do we want to take a break before we get into this whole big mind, mind blowing piece of shit. I'd say it's a good info, yeah. a, a good time to take shit, a break. Shit's Re- about to get weird. Yeah. From we're gonna here we're gonna out. reset. Yeah. We're gonna reset here. Take a quick yeah. break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> we back and we're back Hang okay so butt. now stuff starts to get really fucking weird where you have duncan now becomes kind of the primary character about this <laughs> because now we learn uh that duncan was not only some brainwashed uh mk ultra assassin sent to kill nichols for some reason he was also the primary psychic that the scientists of the Montauk project were using to uh, perform a number of experiments that involved uh, things like astral projection, uh, remote viewing, and and as we'll get into it, temporal temporal (laughs) hole boring, like I don't know, time portal boring. You're drilling a hole through time and space pretty much. Essentially. Yeah. Um, One of the the important pieces of equipment that uh, is mentioned in this narrative is that is what is known as the Montauk chair. Dope. Yeah. It's basically um, Cerebro. It's Cerebro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Again, this book was published in 1992, so I'm not saying that. Cerebro's been around since what, like 1964? It's it's basically the Montauk chair is hooked up to you know a shitload of wires, the power, the the antenna, the time flux waves, just all into one chair that you just sit in and then hook your brain into. And right, this is where the scientists would plug in their psychics, uh, and they said that they would have um, essentially it was placed in an area of kind of null uh, electromagnetic magnetic radiation. They had a type of uh, it said it was designed or placed uh, located in, a, in an underground area of the base, where it kind of set underneath uh, both like a, like high power generators, and then they had an also like an also like a, a large radar antenna underneath it, like a large radar dome, so that the the it basically it was like an electromagnetic null zone that would allow the psychic to operate without any interference from any type of electromagnetic and find radiation. All the mutants around the world, and find all the mutants. <laughs> okay. 
Um, <laughs> apparently, there were three receivers, six channels, and these were all plugged into a Cray One computer that would that had the ability to just display whatever was on that person's mind, uh, oh, either digitally or on a screen. That's awesome. Like, check it, so, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Like a mental projection into the digital realm, like onto a television. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that a Cray One does not have the ability. <laughs> like that processing power would be way beyond oh, uh, putting any type of picture on there. What what year is this again? This is like 80. This is for, this is not even 84. Not, this is probably 70s. Like, uh, so we're we're still on those big IBM brick computers. Like a Cray One, a Cray One is like the size of like two or three refrigerators. Yes, like, I mean it's, you, yeah, you you need a whole room. To it's operate. a big chonky boy. You need a whole room yeah. and you need like extreme cooling to run these fucking And machines. like a Cray one probably has like the processing power equal to like the laptop that I use now. <laughs> I doubt even that. Maybe. Man. Not yet. Not even that. Cray one computer. Uh, I just got to check real quick. Yeah, but your your computer's not hooked up to any time flux waves. Yeah. That's, yeah. This is also true. Or it's a not. psychic. Or a psychic. <laughs> now, so is this is this Neuralink before Neuralink? Essentially, yeah, was what they're saying, oh, right? Okay. So, well, what they would do apparently crazy. is they would use Duncan. They would use Duncan, and through him and the equipment of the Montauk transmitter, the big radar dish, they said that they could. The the scientists uh, Nichols says that the scientists were able to load actual pieces of information and programs and commands into another individual's mind remotely, right? Uh, Duncan's thoughts would become that individual's thoughts and Duncan could see through that person's eyes. They called it the seeing eye or something. The seeing eye, yeah. And the reason they allegedly know this is because if you remember from the USS Eldridge, when they sent that ship away and came back and half the bodies were fucking melded into the ships. Bulkhead Bill. Bulkhead Bill, yeah. Bulkhead Bills and stanchion stands and they're all of those guys uh they the ones that survived they found that they they like allegedly their minds were white they were impressionable they were like blank slates so this technology that they're now using at montauk came from this like accidental accident on the USS Eldridge of the Philadelphia experiment, where they like accidental accident are there any accidental accident no well good happy a happy accident cuz they're like okay. hey well, look at this. They, Fortunate accident. Their yeah. minds are wiped. Maybe we can kind of put what we want into there now. And this machine is uh, maybe a direct link to that from that experiment. Right. Well, another direct link would be Duncan himself, because apparently Duncan was also a person, a sailor who had been present on the USSL Ridge. What? And when the when the experiment had gone awry, he had thrown himself off of the off He jumped of the, off. He jumped off the ship. Before uh, he went overboard and uh, had been sucked into a time vortex, and then he had landed in Montauk on the actual base and been recovered, awesome. and that had unlocked his psychic abilities, apparently. Now, Wait a sec, because when was the Eldridge? When did that it's happen? like 43 or something. Now That's he, what I'm saying. So he jumped in time fucking here, 40 years? The time, time Yes. Yes. And, now, and just, now, that's a good point. Before you get into that, Dan, just, I just want everyone to remember that point. He lands, he comes back in Montauk. Okay. So it goes right. from Philadelphia. And just to before I, right. I pulled this up, and I, I just want to get it in before we move on. The Cray One supercomputer had a 64-bit <laughs> processor at 80 megahertz. 80 yeah. megahertz. Yeah, it you used speak Spanish here. What does that mean? You're, like 80 megahertz. Like I, you, a normal like computer now is between computer. like at like two or three gigahertz. 
This computer also used, oops, this computer, 115 kilowatts of power, which is like enough to power like 10 homes. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. This is a computer. That's the great one. That's the one that was hooked up to Duncan during the psychic experiments, according to Nichols. Anyways, I, I thought that was just crazy That's, how far yeah, computing super. has come in 50 years. <laughs> um, Now, in order for Duncan to perform these experiments, his optimal, the, the optimal operation was that he needed his conscious mind to be diverted. Now, I'm not sure that, that you know, that Nichols doesn't go into details as to how, um, like how this was done, but apparently that the, the easiest way to get Duncan into this, the state of mind where he could be, um, they turn, apparently they termed it the primitive mind state or like when the primitive mind would come to the surface and make him, uh, you know, very, pretty much put him at disposal of the researchers. Like he would be very suggestible and the, at his most controllable was they had to actually, um, jerk him off. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much what? like, uh, the, you know, the, the, Nichols puts it in so much words as they had to, uh, you know, stimulate him manually. Um, <laughs> like they, <laughs> the best way to divert your conscious mind is through, orgasmic or sexual bliss i mean like can't one of the best parts of being a man is being able to do it yourself like why, why do they gotta <laughs> jerk him off why does he god oh, damn it jim so, i need that. you to get in there and i need you to jerk off Duncan cameron god damn it jim it's for the country jim get in there here's the baby oil the coconut oil jim you get god in god damn there. it jim god damn it jim give me a pair of gloves <laughs> no gloves jim Duncan Cameron, you'll throw him off. Spit on it. <laughs> um, this is the I, worst goddamn assignment I've ever been on. This this is one of the puzzling uh, parts of the Montauk project to me because I know you know we all know anecdote but anecdotal but it's true it's post nut clarity. I am not very suggestible <laughs> after post that. No, like, no, no you just want to sleep. I'm least suggestible. Everything. Do you want this guy to have a snooze? Everything turns that's the best off. Way to put him to sleep. Yeah, everything turns like, off at that. Point. Or you know, that's when the most you're like, oh man, no, this was a bad idea. <laughs> the guilt. Yeah, oh god, the guilt the sets in. The guilt and the regrets. <laughs> oh man, I've got so much stuff I got to do. Tomorrow. Mind you, if it's if it's manually, you're usually like, I'm glad I did that. And of the alternative you usually make mistakes before you do that it's true yeah it's probably a little different when it's a six foot two military guy doing it on orders though it's a little rough <laughs> yeah he probably was wearing but some apparently weird this would uh this would allow duncan to clear his mind uh you know make his mind completely blank and then when they placed him in the chair uh th they said they got to a point where duncan could be directed to concentrate on a, a certain point in time uh, nah, I call bullshit on that because every time you're done, the first thing you want to do is delete your history yeah. and you're stressed about it. You don't want to see it. You just feel like a piece of shit. You're like, I got to get rid of this now. I want to focus on a time where I wasn't looking at this stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get rid of it. Well, they developed Duncan's abilities apparently to such a point that he could actually uh, manifest portals that would appear uh, inside a Delta T antenna. It's some type. It's like a, I think it's like a geodesic. It's kind of like a or octahedral type of antenna and um, okay, picture sure. it in that kind of <laughs> picture that. 
and then you have a, yeah, I don't know what you're it's talking a D6. About, so it's kind of it's like a D6 or like a D20, like okay. inside of one of those. Yeah. And so it's like okay. it's one of those. Um, and he would manifest these portals in there, and you could actually walk through these portals, say from 1980 to 1990. You know, Some Doctor could, Strange shit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, they would actually they actually uh they, they changed the objective or they, you know, they altered their objective to from exploring psychic abilities and the influencing emotions and uh, the, the uh, different uh, mind states of people to actually explore time itself. You know, what the best are. part about this too is, is the fact that now that Duncan's realized like, Oh man, I'm a, I'm a sorcerer Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme. I, I, I'm learning all this cool shit about me. Like this is perfect. Now to create a bunch of, you know, validity to whatever the fuck Nichols is talking about. I can just show everybody my psychic powers and prove that all this is real because I'm a fucking psychic. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he did, right? Well, I mean, there was a point where they they um, they said that Duncan's powers uh, became such a um, uh, like they came to such a point where he could actually manifest physical objects out of thin air. Like he could oh. concentrate on an object. One of the things was like an apple. Like was an, an apple. apple? Yeah. One of the things was baseball? an apple, and the other thing was a fucking building. Apparently, that is like he could manifest an entire building. Fucking now here's crazy. here's the thing. That, Go ahead, Andrew. Well, it just that blows my mind to pieces. So if the human mind is able to create these things out of fucking nothing, like that's if if, if who's to say we're not creating everything out of nothing? Well, dude, here, that's here, it, right? Like it, it's. This is, mind you, I've had about six drinks. This is where my brain <laughs> yeah, jumps. Yeah, the fucking, to. what is it? It's, it's like, like my brain jumps here. to like Relax. the double slit experiment, right? Where it's like just observing something, right? You, 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 you are changing the outcome, right? Just by consciously observing, you are making a change, which to me leads me to believe that like we have mental power over atoms and, and stuff there is some untangible un power that we have that we don't know we don't understand doesn't make sense you hook us up to some delta wave flux capacitors and jack Cerebros. that shit up to 100 <laughs> sitting in cerebro right turn like, it up to 11 dude. I, honestly i extrapolate that of like of just that the double slit experiment of like just by looking you change things by dude. observing it now if you you know add some power behind that that i obviously don't understand after six i'll probably need another 12 drinks before i can understand <laughs> the inner workings of how that stuff works but you know you you start to add science and you know electricity <laughs> and t waves and frequencies a math. <laughs> and a little bit of 80s spielberg right like is that to me i'm like that's maybe in the realm of possibilities of like maybe we have more power over matter than we even understand with Dude, our brains reality we just are not capable of it reality is nothing more than a conscious projection that's what right? that's like that's well, the metaphysical that's, that's what the that makes you think that's the metaphysical you know, that's the metaphysical version of the universe is we're just projecting this through like the conscious. We are like the consciousness experiencing itself. We're just projecting this on like we're projecting the world yeah. universally, cohesive, cohesively. We're all projecting this together. So if you could figure out how to alter that, why not be able to just create something with your mind? That'd be perfect. I, if I could, do, I would project myself a little bit taller with a little bit more hair. That'd be fucking perfect. I think we would need to project that on you. Yeah. Okay, we'll start doing it. Come no. on. I'll, I'll work on it. it. Look what you did to me. <laughs> <laughs> think I'm helping you out? 
<laughs> so now you have Duncan with the capabilities of not only manifesting matter out of thin air, out of the ether, uh, but he also has the ability to completely com- uh, construct stable portals to different points in time. And I don't now, you necessarily think- give that to Duncan. I don't think Duncan's, I think it's the tech, whatever technology you're using, and Duncan just happens to be the medium. The chair. And he's, well, yes. Like, well, they had to use Duncan. They had other psychics. It's not other. Uh, Duncan wasn't the sole psychic. Apparently, he was they just had the other one that worked psych- the best. Well, he yeah, was the, other he ones was the primary one. He was able yeah. to do it. And without him, it was very difficult to, Dude, to calibrate Duncan, systems to do it with the other psychics. Duncan is 11 from Stranger Things. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Does he like egos? Does his nose bleed? Can he project he monsters? We'll soon find out. That's all we know about him. <laughs> So now they would create these tunnels again, like they said, they had altered their objective or they had uh, changed it to be ex- the exploration of time itself. Now, you would think that perhaps like if you were going to go back to a certain point in time, maybe you'd want to send a historian. Maybe you'd want to send a crack team of, you know, intelligence specialists or something like this. But the scientists of the Montauk Project figured that the most suitable candidates for the exploration of these time portals were winos and homeless people that winos. they picked up out of the street and kept them a week, got them a Sober in about a week and then chucked them through these portals. Well, Dude, I mean, it, nobody's going to miss them if they don't exactly, come back. Exactly. I feel like that's the thought process there. Right. And what could they fuck <laughs> up? What could they fuck up? Say, say for a second that this is a, they don't know where this portal goes, but they're like, we think this portal might be go to 1900. We're not sure if there's going to be a time paradox. This guy's not, he's just going to look for a beer as soon as he gets through. What possibly could he change? Ale. Through. <laughs> 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 so you're right? rounding, yeah. you're rounding okay. up right? a bunch of yeah, fine. Right? yeah. He goes through with nothing. He looks like a hobo begging for money on the street corner. That's not changing the future. Well, he probably goes through that. He starts going stick. and he's like, he's like, he's I'm not goes- from the future. Ah! You know what I mean? Like we've all ran into one of those guys. Are they all former Project Montauk? Right? Well, you got you, you know how many those, you know many of those guys have just passed it and been like, "Ooh, I got to walk away from that guy a little faster." You got to make a distinction though between hobo and homeless man because a hobo chooses Sorry. to be homeless and they travel yes, that, they travel around. That is totally hobos my have bad. the cool little yeah. stick with the fucking handkerchief tied up on the end of it, you know, uh, with all the little things in it. That's turned yeah, into about I, four backpacks and a dog, but yes, yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, uh, sorry, a serious case of bo. <laughs> so that that you know that's fine. You know, perhaps that was the strategy to send back people who perhaps are not completely mentally sound. So if they sent, if they did get hurled back into time, nobody bindle. would believe them, and therefore, you know, reducing the chance. Or minimizing the chance for a time paradox. You're minimizing the, the the fact that people are going to miss them. People are going to kind of like raise an alarm, being like, "This person's gone. This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Why is this person gone?" Yeah, right? like this. Yeah, like that. That's what makes sense to me. Right. And okay. So yeah, that part makes sense. Now, uh, the the second most suitable kind of candidates apparently were not only were you know not only homeless people, but the researchers thought that kids would be uh, also useful in collecting data from these time portals um nickels says he's not exactly sure what the purpose was but apparently they would have these they actually had at least one kid at montauk that nickels was aware of that would actually go up go out and record uh, recruit other kids and bring them to the project what if, what if this might sound kind of fucking stupid because 
sometimes I say stupid shit. But what if they're sending kids because like the homeless people they sent, they were gone for so long that they ended up like becoming elderly and dying. Whereas you send a kid, mm. they're able to be there long enough to like grow and record information over a longer period of time and then come back as adults. Depends how far you're sending them through time. Dude, we've talked about other cases about like children luring even other kids for various other things, right? To join the Foot Clan. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, turtles. it's yeah, unfortunately, it's usually <laughs> sex rings. But Sam maybe Rockwell. it's for time traveling, right? But that kind of stuff happens, like, right? So it's maybe these exactly what you were saying. I like that a lot. That you want to send kids because you're like. Who knows, right? Maybe the pushing them through time, they age, right, on the way back, right? You, you, we don't know these things. So Nichols estimates that probably somewhere between three and ten thousand people were eventually abandoned in these, <laughs> no, okay, these time portals. Okay, unbelievable. Wait, three people to what? ten thousand, or three thousand? No, to 10, three thousand to ten thousand people were abandoned in these time portals. That's his estimate. Well, That's I mean, between three. And how many? 10,000. Okay. Okay. That's. Well, how many? Hey, we've talked about it before. How many people go missing in the United States every year? National parks alone, man. There's quite a few. Thousands. (laughs) Thousands of people never come back every year. So this could be, it could be, you know, back, back then could be uh, this project. Okay. Listen. Listening. 900,000 people. (laughs) Go missing, but that's not, that's not all the people. They come, most of them come back. Yeah, come back older from fucking different time. <laughs> I'm saying even if still even if it's ten thousand people go missing and never come back every year. Yeah, chucking them through time. Portals. Throwing through the time well, man. Th- drill through time, chuck them in, see what happens. Maybe they come back. Maybe they don't. Because that's good science. Are they dropping these kids down the tunnels? God damn Is that it. how it's going? Dude, how, how do they <laughs> conduct most over? science, most experiments and stuff? They just you know they expend no. they expend mammals. <laughs> Now we're doing with humans through time. Thousands of them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you added a zero by accident. Or hey, you never know. Maybe there's only three. <clears throat> so not only thousands? eventually, you know, they get to a point where they uh, realize that can, they can actually extend uh, Duncan's uh, psychic projections to actually include not only places, locations on Earth, but locations on other planets why not and yeah. it is said that they use the technology along with duncan that they had developed at the project to actually gain entrance into underground areas in one of the large pyramids that is buried beneath the surface of mars talked about it before on case file get your ass to mars pyramids on mars now, uh, Nichols says that the scientists of the Montauk Project were actually familiar with a colony being present at a human colony being present at Mars uh, at the time. Uh, he's saying perhaps they actually had some sort of involvement uh, with the colony on Mars at some point. And but they had actually this colony had become aware or they had excavated parts of a large underground pyramid. But oh. they were unable to gain entrance because there was uh, there was no way there was no um, visible or really uh, way for them to get inside or gain entrance into this this pyramid. So they actually used Duncan's ability. They figured that Duncan uh, could actually create some type, you know, create one of his vortexes inside the 
like inside the 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 Let's try and tele- the pyramid itself teleport in from Earth. Right, so they would have to walk it. They could walk from Montauk into the Mars underground. Like you'd have to be in the Montauk facility. Right, go through so the they portal. They could send scientists from the Montauk facility to Mars in the underground through the portal. And Fuck. these same portals that they used to gain entrance into these uh, things, since there were no living, uh, there were no actual living inhabitants within these pyramids, the researchers said that they had they went back one hundred and twenty five thousand years because they could project. They, you know they started projecting portals farther and farther back in time to actually find any of living inhabitants of Mars. And they said that was at 125,000 years ago is when they actually found uh, there had been actual inhabitants of Mars, intelligence inhabitants. And they came to earth and that's where we came from. Wow. uh, Okay. I made a, this is, I gotta say it now before I forget because it just popped in my mind. Again, this is the this is the booze talking here. Um, I found it peculiar that of these thirty arrays like Montauk Atena, that twenty nine have been demolished except the Mon- one at Montauk. Montauk. Yeah. Now, what if what if the reason it's still up is because it's not so much Duncan Cameron, but it's these places when these contraptions so it's like yes he can go to mars because there is like not a device but a similar thing that emits that frequency at in mars so it's like as long as that thing's left alone you can travel there as long as you want which is why montauk's been left alone because that's why the philadelphia experiment when they travel they hit the button (laughs) and where do they go they boom they go to montauk because they can only go to a place where these Antennas exist. Fields, antennas exist, right? So that's why it popped up in Montauk of all places. Because it's like, why the fuck would it pop up in Montauk? Doesn't make any sense. But what if they've left it there? What if they've left it open? Because they're like, this is a beacon. This is essentially like a time beacon. Where it's like people who are traveling or traveling to a point in time, they can't just go anywhere, wherever they want. They can go to this point. At any point, this thing was operational. Right, and that's why they're testing this thing on in a say the smartest period. If that's a, if realistically they're like, we found it. Now we'll go back ten thousand years, twenty thousand years, thirty thousand. Yep, fifty thousand years. Yep, sixty thousand all the way back, and then they're like one twenty five, and then they're like no, because that's obviously when it was either started up or created, and we can only time travel to these specific points at these specific locations where these devices are operational, where the tech exists. Where the tech exists. I like that. It's like a network, some sort of frequency network. Like right? That. So we didn't know where we were chucking all these homeless people and vagrants and vagabonds before we we're just throwing them through. We're like, we don't know where the pop, we don't know where they're going. That's the problem. They're not coming back. Right? Because they hadn't Mars. figured it out yet. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So it could be there. It uh, could be Montauk. It could be Mars, but it also could be other places that are just not in the story. Like there could be more of these receivers spread across the universe or dimensions yeah. and or, dimensions yeah. through Another space place and on time. Earth and, yeah. I like that. When they, after they gained entry to the pyramid in Mars, it was, Nichols says it was reported that within that building or that structure itself, the scientists encountered some type of what they described as a solar system defense. And, uh, it, Duncan was on the team. He was approved on the team to actually go through the portal to uh, enter in 
uh, th- this building, this structure, and go with the scientists when they went to go study uh, what was inside of this of this giant pyramid <laughs> beneath Mars. So they uh, deduced that this was some type of device that you know protected the solar system, and that the the Montauk researchers uh, wanted it shut off for some reason. Yeah, why? And um, that well, they said that it, it had to be shut off before anything else could be done. So they couldn't really do anything. So they said that the defense has actually been shut off since 1943 like they went back through the time like they went through the time portal they shut it off in 1943 uh and that is a reason and so uh nichols says that perhaps this is why um this is commonly uh considered along you know many ufo uh, you know, ufologists as the beginning of the ma- of the ufo phenomenon because in 1943 you had the roswell crash no it was 47 but we had, I think it was, we had Foo Fighters though in 43. Well, it's like 43, you had all that stuff kind of going on. Yeah. Like, so the, it's st- like the start of like the UFO flap of that era. Right. All the, so all he's the saying that perhaps when they shut off the system now, I mean. So we, like they opened up a <laughs> I mean, if you look at that, then it's like, okay, now everybody who's been abducted by aliens since that time, they're responsible for that. So the aliens are interdimensional time travelers no 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 it's that there was a solar system defense facility or some sort of mechanism that was functional on mars Um. until a certain point until the montauk scientists went there and turned it off for some reason yeah but why so and then they turned it off and now and they turned it off in 1943 or retroactively turned it off in 1930. 1943 you know through some sort of time portal that was projected by duncan and then now that's been de- when it was deactivated. That's when UFOs started coming to Earth. Well, number that's one, when you started having it's, the UFOs. It's coming. on Mars, so then it's not just on Mars. It's like an entire like inner solar system defense. If then a whole that's what they said a whole solar system defense. So whole it's like a solar whole solar system, some okay. type of system that protected the entire solar system. He doesn't go into specifics but like, about what it did. Like just block. Um, I guess if you were to theorize on it, it's hypothetically it's blocking like all of our outgoing signals, so no. ET species know that we're here. Like maybe like this solar, this solar system's not visible to, but then they turned it off. It was, we were camouflaged. We had the Morty shield up. It got deactivated. <laughs> so then, but and this, now everyone knows where but we then are. If you have this thing. So now assuming, now assuming that 125,000 years ago is when you had the civilization is when Nichols claims that there was a civilization on Mars because they had the evidence or they had the, uh, you know, they encountered him within the viewing portals uh, projected by Duncan that kind of puts into con or comes into conflict with the ancient aliens hypothesis or ancient astronaut hypothesis, doesn't it? In what because sense? if you have yeah. a solar, if you have an entire solar system defense mechanism activated, then aliens shouldn't have been able to come here until the UFOs, right? No, I mean, that's true. I guess. Yes, unless um, it, unless we were working with some sort of like this wasn't just our. Um, maybe that's why we have been attacked, or maybe yeah. or maybe it was de- just letting the allies through. Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah, like that. Like whoever developed the system, some ETs knew about it, and the malicious, harmful ones did not and now they do and now we're screwed why do they want to shut off then 
so Nichols even goes goes as far in his book to actually say that um, he, he doesn't actually know much about the Mars operations besides those certain points, but he claims that the, mov- the movie Total Recall is based on those events that occurred <laughs> on the Montauk project. Like they got it through like psychic means or how do they get the story? Well, I mean, no, like the, the movie, to, I don't know. He just says that the movie Total Recall resembles a lot of the events oh, okay. and was based on the actual events in the Montauk project. They could, so they could have got maybe somebody involved. Waste, their waste Quaid's mind. Send him to Earth. A waste Quaid's mind. Do waste it. Waste it. His mind is gone. Do waste it. We mean. No, he's what he's saying is there's a bunch of chicks with three boobies living on Mars. Yeah. I said earlier, get your ass to Mars. So the, the Montauk project, according to Nichols, comes to a conclusion or a head at some point where they are ordered uh, to to maintain the portal machine. Like they uh, apparently they just turn it on and leave it on. And he feels like this is going too far, that uh, uh, there are a couple scientists. I guess there was a faction within the uh, uh, the secret project saying that they were uh, it is too much. This is uh, putting too much the, the actual Earth itself in jeopardy. So they activated some type of uh, mental failsafe, which had been implanted in Duncan's mind at some point, and they whispered the trigger phrase: "Cohagen, you son now. of a bitch!" Oh no, <laughs> the time is now uh, is the phrase that was apparently given to him, and this triggered uh, from Duncan's mind to unleash a monster. That was produced from subconscious because if you remember, he, Duncan he project is it. able to produce that project is, solid objects and matter. So from disappointing. Anything. That is <laughs> that is so anticlimactic. That is the code word. You could have been like fucking all cryptic and like longing, rusted, 17, daybreak, furnace, nine, benign. Like fucking code works. Not the time is now. The time is now could come out in a regular conversation. Or they could have played what was the song? Like, hey, what time are we going to the beach? Time is now. We're going to the fucking beach. Uh-oh, we just released a giant fucking monster. That sucks. <laughs> or what, what was the song they played in Zoolander? She just played that. Oh, we Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Go to it. When you, go when you wanna go to it. And assassinate the Malaysian Prime Minister. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, he releases this monster. This monster wreaks havoc upon the base itself, killing and apparently eating anything that uh, lays within its path. Uh, It shows up, like, just it just popped up on the base. It didn't appear in the actual underground uh, facility itself. It reported, like, up on the surface, and it was just tearing things apart. Uh, Nichols reports that there were perhaps differing, like, everybody who saw it apparently perceives something different. Uh, you know, there he says that there are reports of it being from anywhere from ten to like thirty feet tall, and this thing was just like wreck, wrecking shit all over the base. And this is well, it seems to be the first time that he projects something that, that didn't show up where it's supposed to. Like it seems like everything else came. They call it like the null point or something. Like if you project it, it's here. This time it's like now it's just now it's on floor one and it's eating the secretary. Yes, well, yeah. the secretary. That's well, yeah, she's, it's at that, she's this point where like, and Nichols starts to he he goes and he's like, he, you know, he's got to shut this thing down. So he starts cutting the power. Um, you know, cut the power. Trying to cut and it. Then yeah. To, to to his surprise, that 
even though when he cuts all the lines to the to the cerebro chair, uh, all the lights, everything stays on. So he like he stealthily like sneaks out of this base and goes to like the power station, and he takes an oxycetylene torch and torches through all the power supply of the building. And he claims that if you go there, you'll still be able to see the see torch the, marks on the, the walls torch? and shit where he cut the power to the base, which then ended I mean, the attack of the demigorgon. Which is weird because it wasn't until 2008 that the actual Montauk monster washed ashore on uh, Ditch Plains Beach. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. I mean, laugh, that's, that's, I don't we think, have evidence well, I don't of think this. Mont- I think Montauk more has to do with the location than actual. That no, that's the Montauk monster. But this here's is the, the Montauk thing, monster. The thing, we have though, photo evidence of it. If you're, if you're, if we're looking at this thing, <laughs> and what are you laughing at? That's what it's called. It's no, called the Montauk say, monster. No, because I'm just saying the picture in the book. He has a picture in the book that's like this is the Montauk it's monster. Bigfoot. It looks a little. It looks like Bigfoot. Yeah, but this is it when it's gotten old. Yeah, but no, it's got no, like no. it looks like it looks like Toka's, you know, Toka and Razor. Right. It looks yeah, like yeah. Toka's face. Yeah. It's got a little big booty there. Brayden will like it. It's got a little cloth. So are you, are you, are you talking? Are you talking about this thing? Yeah, I just said yeah. it to you. That's yeah. the fucking like, Montauk yeah, monster. But here's here's the thing, Andrew. I think you're the one asking this. You're missing is I'm like, if this place is still up and running, like if they've left this tower up because they're like. Well, it, we're leaving this beacon just in case, but we're not going to use it. We're not going to open our end. It's still accessible. I wonder if at times stuff slips through and whatever the fuck that Montauk monster is, is one of those things where it's like it, 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 there's some time slippage or something at this location. Right. And so you right. mean it just comes back and we're seeing things just slip through. And part of me, I was like, when I read this, I was like, I wonder if they give too much credit to, to Duncan for this monster of like manifesting it what if this is just a thing where he's just linking our portal at montauk to another unknown plate portal somewhere else and this is the thing that stepped through like maybe it's not that he manifested this monster because from everything else well, before he- it says like hey i could i know an apple i can make an apple i you know there's a building i make a building i there's a baseball i can make a baseball but it doesn't be like I can just make something up from my imagination and it becomes real. It's always a real, tangible thing that is manifested. So mm. my thing is like, if these things are so portal or linkages, Bigfoot. maybe or maybe it's you know what I mean. Like it just links the portal to somewhere else where this is the thing that comes through, and then it's a can't, it's pandemonium. Can't Bigfoot travel interdimensionally? Haven't we discussed that? Is already? this maybe how Bigfoot's possibility got to Earth? <laughs> Philadelphia experiment. Montauk project, Bigfoot. Yes, and yeah, and then he wandered all the way across from the East Coast to the West Coast and took up residence in the Pacific Northwest. Well, maybe they brought swam. Hey, maybe they brought a bunch over, teleported them all over the place. I don't know. Maybe. So, so after this monster, they cut the power. The monster disappears because it's being projected through the portal. Powered by the portal, the monster's gone. It's eaten a few people by now. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. It ate fucking uh, what's his name? Samwise Gamgee. Fucking Sam. I've seen it. I seen it. <laughs> I watched it. Sean Astin. Sean. Yeah, Samwise. We saw him at Alien. You still have your signed hat, Dan? I did. I did. Yeah, I do. Yeah, boy. I do. Um, yeah. So these uh, this occurred uh, according to Nichols on August 12, nineteen eighty three, and after this, this is when the the decision was made to abandon or completely abandon Montauk Air Force Base. And so by the end of that year, 
there was no knowledge of anyone ever being on that base after it had officially been shut down. Um, Never before. used again. Um, but he also, Nichols says that, you know, around like May of May or June of 1984, there was a squad of black berets that were sent into the base. And uh, uh, he says he believes that they were Marines of some, of some type. Uh, he's not exactly sure, but they had orders to shoot anything that moved and purge the base. Purge anyone who might be on the base, just like whoever's left in there. So the squ- poor fucking squatters, the squatters in the base just get annihilated. Fuck. Okay. And, and that, that is the conclusion of the Montauk project as told by what? No. Preston B. So Nicholson. More. I mean, there I can <laughs> it's a five book series. Like I said, this yeah. is a it's a book. Like this is the first book in a five book series well, written in, by Preston Nichols. One of my favorite things after this is that Preston Nichols now goes on to help other survivors of what he calls, you know, the Montauk Project, Montauk Boys. And it's these children that were abducted and tortured. Sleeper and cells. Sleeper cells. Um, so if you, you know, maybe think that you might be a Montauk boy, uh, you can contact Preston Nichols. And he, you know, for lack of a better word, is kind of running a cult where there's a group of men that live in this house. And he practices this orgasmic regression therapy on these people. So if you call him, he can't help you over the phone. So you will go, and it's reported that um, you know he will take um, one of these men into a room, and the man will come out wide-eyed, telling tales of abductions, uh, and Nichols will come out extremely sweaty. <laughs> that's that's not. So he slips you some drugs and jerks you I'm off. I'm not even not even making a joke. And apparently, well, he no, manually stimulates and- you. And the whole time, it makes sense. He he gives you these th- these thoughts that come to his mind, and in, and tells you they're true. This is true. This is true. Well, as as everybody he, knows, everybody knows the only way to treat past abuse abuse is with curtain abuse. Yeah, these people were abused in the past. You gotta abuse them now. It's the only way you can get past. That's it. How you get, how it's you fight a, through? I guess. Like that makes sense, right? You treat abuse with abuse. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Well, I'll let you know because I I gave him a call and I'm on my way. (laughs) He's on his way to the Montauk. But there's there's like what about you guys? Did you guys ever hear that that uh, Brian Mimic? Yeah, the local that lived out there that apparently would break in with his friends. Well, hold on, hold on. uh, Just before you get into that, just before you get into that, you want to talk about jerking off? No, no. One of the things leading up to that point is nickel. This this is a good thing for Preston. No Nichol. more stimulation. Just just don't talk about stimulation. No, no. This leads into you perfectly. One of the things Preston Nichol said is that a lot of Project Montauk was taken out, you know, in underground bases underneath uh, the Air Force Base, and all the plans you can pull pub, public plans, the and blueprints, stuff, yeah. the blueprints show zero. There's no fucking underground bases. There's no tunnels. There's no nothing according to the official plans. That's disinformation. But according to local Brian Mimic, who actually has video evidence of this, which I haven't seen. I tried to find it. I couldn't. Couldn't find it. Um, he does have evidence of breaking in and going into these tunnels. Um, whereas he's found areas where like doors have padlocked, just like um, what's our psychic's name? Duncan. Duncan. Duncan Donuts over here. Duncan Cameron. Yeah. It explains seeing these doors that have been padlocked. Um they, he describes rooms that they would call as the acid room, where it's got psychedelic printing all over the walls, where supposedly they were, you know, they would dose these kids. 
And they ended up finding like food receipts for up to eight eighty thousand dollars per month. But the weird thing about these food receipts, they dated past the late eighties, which is after this place was fucking supposedly co- closed down. And these guys were chased off the vicinity by fucking like government issued black ops dudes, suburban, like not, Fuck. like not. We're not talking. We're not talking like guys in fatigues. We're talking like you know special ops, scary motherfuckers, fucking like Blackwater. Yeah. Now, like that right there, like the fact that there is that evidence out there of these, there's there's rooms underneath there would go to say that like, well, obviously the official narrative of this never happened and there's nothing under the ground at the Air Force Base is not true, right? So why is that base still standing and not demolished like the other 29 of its kind, allegedly? Right, and why is this decommissioned military base still under such high security? Well, or re- enough security that you know it's chasing people out. Yeah, and yeah. then you look at you look at the stuff that they're talking about. Like we've talked about, we talked a little bit about like sleeper cells. Supposedly the Montauk boys are these sleeper cells, and the mind experiments and all that type of stuff. Where it kind of fucking harkens back to to MK Ultra, right, mm-hmm. or Project Artichoke. And then there's these weird time parallels where you look at like. In apparently, according to Nichols, so I don't know how credible that's going to be. In 1973, they had this strange overnight shipment of all this information and all this equipment. And 1973 is when MK Ultra was outed, and they decided to fucking burn everything and get rid of all the fucking evidence that it happened. And who's <clears throat> to say that this area, that Project Montauk, is not just a continuation of MK Ultra? Yep, you have like, yeah, it's like paranormal like experiments <laughs> like so what it is like you know is it remote viewing it's trying to see into the future into the past into other places it's kind of it, the parallels a lot of the same stuff and that was 100 a real government program with many documentation and a lot of people have come out and be like yes that's it's a fucking thing like it's not the, the government primarily u.s government in modern times has done a lot of uh, experiments that would be suspect, you could say. That, that's not conspiracy. That's real. That's real. Yeah. It's not, it's Artichoke not. and MK Ultra are both real things. Those really happen. If we were sitting here and we had no proof and we talked about MK Ultra and we talked about Artichoke, it would own, almost be as weird as the shit we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, we- that's the crazy part about this. <clears throat> well, yeah. Now, Let's get into final thoughts. Look at my, I like my final thoughts on this is that like when you look at Nickel himself, I don't know if I give him full credibility. He's a strange guy and he makes a lot of wildish claims. Having like immediately when I was, you know, researching this, I almost, him and Duncan, I almost brushed aside. I almost went like, I don't know if I believe anything they say. But then I started to see that of the reports about like the evidence of the of there being underground structures at the Air Force Base. And that's when I started to kind of fall down the rabbit hole of like, okay, well, why is this one of 30 still standing? Why is it like, why have they left it? And I think that I I think the Nichols and Duncan, I think were maybe there. I have I think that (coughs) this place is a, just a weird place on Earth that just gives off a natural weird frequency already. 
Andrew said it already. It's you know the 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 people were in charge the of Algonquins. it because of the Algonquins uh, because of some sort of dimensional shit. What they did is they made some sort of device that harness or just turns it up to ten. That's all they did. They figured out they're 11. like we can just take the natural frequency that's already coming out here and just dial it up. And the way they did that is they used Duncan, who is someone that is maybe an empath or there's something about him that allows your mind to access these things that we normally wouldn't be. And I believe they were punching in some sort of like, so I like some time, some time holes. And that's why when they were firing up Philadelphia, it went, these people ended up in Montauk. It's because this is now a beacon. This is a time beacon where anyone from the future, the past, they can travel to this point uh, on earth in any time where that's still standing. They can just dial into the frequency. It's, it's something emitted from the earth, not necessarily that antenna. Uh, it's just amplifying whatever's there. Um, I think that they are remembering. I think they're just confused about what happened. I don't believe everything they're saying, but I believe that they may be having coincidences there. Like when they go there, I believe that there's some sort of fucking weird like thinning, you know, and they're, they're crossing. So whether it's consciousness coming through some sort of multiverse where you're like too close to alternate use where it's like you start to like memories start to bleed in from all sorts of different infinite possibilities, right? And you're getting these images and pictures. Maybe it isn't, didn't necessarily happen in this timeline, but it sure feels like it happened. And because it's it's a you that's very close to the you you are now, but in a different timeline. I, I There is some weird stuff at Montauk. It's a weird story. Um do I believe Preston Nichols account? No, but I do believe some of the accounts. I just don't know if I believe his narrative of it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go, I'll go. I'm pretty much I'm on the same kind of page as far as like government, secret government programs where they're experimenting on people against their will or unwilling, like unknowingly experimenting that shit has happened. We've Happens. talked about it. It's been documented as far as like interdimensional inner, like you're pretty much like punching holes through time and space. So we're talking about like advanced, super advanced science that we don't in the public don't know about. Not doesn't mean that someone hasn't figured it out or it's been suppressed or, you know, hidden and for, you know, whether it be personal or financial gain or military gain, like that stuff could have happened. Say there was, hypothetically, this thing, everything they're saying is true. The recovered memories is true. And they were like fucking with time and space and like temporal fields and all this shit. Like they're, they're, them for, forgetting their, like the memories being, like their memories are gone could have been a result of something like this. Like they accidentally broke into something and just anyone that was in like two miles of this like temporal rift just forgot everything that happened. Like, a, like that that could be it. And there, there's like mm -hmm. not even a cover up anymore. Like whoever was there, just nobody actually even knows. And maybe maybe they did rem remember some stuff. But I agree with Brayden. I, I don't think everything they said is, you know, it's because it's hard to prove. Like there hasn't been a lot of, there hasn't been whistleblowers really. 
But well, there's there's been a lot of people that have come forward to believe they're Montauk boys, but it's it's hard to substantiate any claims. Yeah, like yeah, it's, the, yeah, the it's, biggest thing I lean on to go like, okay, well, there's probably something happening is the fact that like there are structures underneath the Air Force Base, yeah, that aren't on official blueprints. So I'm like, right there, I'm like, okay, well, what were those used for? Yeah, I mean, there uh, there's been people like uh, Stuart Swordlow claims he was one of the Montauk boys. And so there has been people come out and say like, yeah, I was part of this, but not enough yet. Doesn't mean everything that's, you know, presented in the, in the Montauk lore has not happened because we know that fucking they were doing some weird shit, especially in this time frame. So that's what I think. I think something weird happened there. I'm dying here. I'm fucking, I've been holding this pee for like <laughs> too long. I've been just, and these, these conclusions have been long boys. I'm my teeth are floating. Been squirming. Why aren't you peeing in a bottle like you normally do? I can't. I don't have anything. I've been looking like this. Still full of water. I got this drink's half full. I got nothing. Well, you're wasting a lot of time on your conclusion here. My conclusion, like I, here's the thing: Has the government been up to mind control, potentially trying to create fucking sleeper cell agents, which they did not do successfully, according to Artichoke? Have they been doing crazy shit like that? Yes, 100%. -hmm. My problem with this whole story is, like, you want to say, like, Duncan and... And, and Nichols, okay, so you guys, you know, you're missing these times. You're somebody who, you're, you're a different person than you thought you were, all this. Do you, has, has any family corroborated this? Like, oh, this guy was missing for this long. Or this guy, you know, like, w- this person can't account for anything. This is so strange. You know, like, there's, there's no one else other than these two guys to corroborate their fucking stories. And that's, I have a little bit of an issue with that. Um, well, do I think that well, this could have, poten- do I think that this could have potentially been another form of MK Ultra? Why the fuck not? The government's doing crazy, shady shit like this all the time. Why aren't they telling us about these tunnels? And why are they hiding that? Because they fucking can. They're not. They're. They're. They're not. They don't owe us anything. They don't have to explain it's to no us obligation. why there's no tunnels on the fucking on on the blueprints. Are they summoning demons from fucking altered dimensions? Probably not. Are they doing some shady shit? Probably. Well, Probably. and it's not just nickel and Preston. I mean, it's it's it's. Or sorry, Nichols of, and uh, yeah, a Duncan. bunch of random dudes that watched the fucking Philip the Philadelphia Experiment no, movie it's, and it's, now it's, are coming up with repressed memories. No, anyone like, who Preston gave a handy to is also corroborating the story, <laughs> so, and that list grows grows more and more every day. Dan, take us home. Um, so again, the Montauk project all primarily comes from this book. All of the information that you read on the internet, all of the stuff that you read in the articles and the news articles comes from the book, the self-published book, uh, Mon- the Montauk project experiments and times, you know, written by Preston Nichols in the book quote, he says, some of the data you will read in this book can be considered as soft facts <laughs> that's what we Soft like facts are not yeah. untrue they are just backed up they're not backed up by irrefutable documentation yeah it's hard just like our podcast that's what also we do. Be documentation that's what we do. or hard physical evidence that could stand up to scrutiny i don't i feel like he doesn't really understand what the word fact means but okay so he go in and then he goes on to mention you know paraphrasing he says that you know when you read this book it's not meant to be taken literally it's more of like to 
Uh, it's more of its intention is to make scientists and researchers aware of the principles and the ideas that are uh, that are beyond uh, normal, uh, it, it, like normal uh, conception or whatever. Right. And that's kind of what he says. And um, and he's like, you can read this book as fiction if you want to. Uh, but, you know, the 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 authors will tell you that everything in here is true to the best of their knowledge. So. Having one primary source, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> like going just just the big thing I had, the, the, the biggest problem kind of digesting was the fact that I like in my academic career, I am I am familiar with experiment design. I am familiar with reading, you know, uh, scientific studies. Uh, I am uh, practice in reading those kinds of documents and those things and being like, okay, this is how you design a good experiment. This is how you design a good study. This is what you need to do. These are the variables you need to take into account. This is the stuff that you need to explain in your studies. And the fact that you're going to be like, the fact that he describes these scientists, okay, these scientists, you know, they might not be the most, uh, they might not have like the the best scruples. They might not have the my, you know, scruples. score really high on the the moral and the morality scale, yeah. whatever. And they're chucking winos into time portals into the past when apparently uh, they haven't really under they I, they they don't seem to understand time itself. Cause I'm like, okay, so you're going to just chuck some random dude who could potentially has a questionable medical history. Uh, they have no, they, they might have a mental illness at some point. They definitely, if, if they're, you know, they're saying that they're winos and they have to sober up for a week. So they have a history of alcoholism already. These are the people you want to send back in time that could potentially change the entire time stream and probably and make the perhaps cause a time paradox and make our universe implode. Like, what? <laughs> like these are the people you want to send back? Danny, no, you, you might be you might be well versed in uh, reading academic literature, but you're not well versed in secret government programs. Yeah, sure, dude. This is but, CIA. This sounds like rock star CIA experiments. If I've ever read anything, this is this is fucking this is t time expendables. I'm okay, just, but this homos. isn't the, I, like, okay. So this isn't like picking up people, random people off the street, dosing them with LSD and then photographing them with prostitutes in order to blackmail them a la, you know, midnight project, uh, operation midnight climax. It's not something like that. This is a, some, this is something that would take incredible legit. Like this would take a massive amount of like logistical complicity on so many levels that you're like, okay, um, number one. Okay. So you're, you're producing this energy or you're, you're somehow funneling this energy from some type of reactor or some type of energy generation mechanism that is, you know, beyond whatever they talk about, like free energy. They talk about some other, you know, type of weird little generators and coils that they're talking about. Not only do you need to design a generator that produces the energy to punch holes through time or aid Duncan and punching holes through time, which would probably think we understand the energies and the forces that would be necessary to do these kinds of things. And it's like, you would need to produce the power of like a small star in order to do that. Do you know that for like, sure? You don't know that for sure. Dan. I do know that because it's What's like your major I do, in Dan? do relative relativistic physics is like worked up until this point. Like it is is proved almost like yeah. in every single but you're forgetting thing that we magic, have. Dan. <laughs> yeah. Sir so Supreme. You want me to sum up so, your conclusion for you, or are you just gonna keep going on the 
<laughs> I'm just saying that a lot of this stuff like it doesn't it just doesn't line up because I'm like you need people to manufacture out of exotic materials in order like to, to produce capacitors and types of like systems that would be able to contain and funnel and focus the amount of energy that you would need to kind of do these kinds of things. And doing this completely in secret is a little bit difficult, especially when you have things like MK Ultra, where it would be like, okay, that stuff came to light, and then they weren't even using that kinds of stuff; they were just using LSD. So your conclusion is, you it's, hate all, it. it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good one. We almost need a timer, I think, for Dan at the end here. So we go for a twenty-five minutes on the conclusion. <laughs> a little Oscar music in the background. Um, s- still no sign of. Randomatron. No, she she gone. Disappeared into time and space through a temporal field, probably constructed straight from the Montauk project. And yeah, probably. We, I don't know. It's gone though, so uh we can't I can't even dial it up if I tried. And it's probably a good thing because it's the long we're going to <laughs> go pretty long tonight. So Yeah. Um, why don't we get into some uh we got a theory of the week? We do have a theorite of the week. We're going to give it out this week to Chad Marks. Nice selfie yeah. found with a statue. Found the Beast of Bray Road, pretty much, I would say. And I'm pretty sure he's wearing a Kiss shirt. Which is yeah, it looks like he's wearing a Kiss shirt. So you, got, you, got, you found shirt. a cryptid and you're wearing an epic fucking you know, 80s rock band. Boom. Theory of the yep. week. You know what? Some people like I've noticed over the last little bit because, you know, the meme game has been strong on the socials from a, from a select few, we'll say. You don't have to make an amazing meme to be theory of the week. You just got to show that uh, you like the show. You get the topics. Take a selfie. Do something for the show. Say something cool. Send us something. There's no original like, content. Original make content. Something. Make it your own. Original content. If you just if you produce a meme that's been regurgitated through the internet, it doesn't work. You take a selfie with the Beast of Bray Road, that works. Yeah, that works. So Chad Marks, Theorite of the Week, thank you very much for supporting the show. All right. And if you're not supporting the show and you want early access to the case files, the live stream, the Discord, confidentials, nerds, I think we got, what, five episodes of Japan Jude and Danime. All the good stuff. Oh, and counting, And boys. counting. Coming mm-hmm. out. These guys are They're on a fucking tear. A tear of anime right now. Sure, I don't know weekly. shit about anime, anime, but I listen back. I'm like, maybe I should probably check some of these out. Head over to patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast or just head to the link tree in the podcast description. All right, this week's newest supporters. We got Josh Day. Fire Karate Chop. Oh. Ashton cool. Hilton. Steven. Aaron. Jules Galawa. Kim V. Chris Moreno. Welcome back. I, re- I recognize that name. Eric. Cyber Gore. And Joseph Branson. Both repeats, I believe. Brett Johnson. Johnston. My apologies. Cameron. Ethier, Magnus Anderson. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Woo! And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. 